Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cutoff? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. to another episode of Money Honeys, where we, Freddie, Chantel, and Dev, are getting down with digital currency. Digital, hey. digital, get down. Ow! Just you and me. Biz 40,000 miles away. Do you know something? How did I miss this in sync hit? Apparently? It was, no, I think it was literally number eight on the No Strings Attached Yeah. Album. Oh, so it's a deep cut. It's a deep cut. Yes. It's, yeah. Got it's, it. It's about... It doesn't feel that deep to me, but I guess it's a deep cut. <laughs> it's it's like, like, it's right here for me. Yeah, it's like a number two. <laughs> got it, got it. It's got okay. It. You're up to speed now. Yeah, yeah. Yes. It's about, it's like the first song about cyber sex. Yes. I remember listening to it and being like, but I'm a child. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> I was also like super Christian, so I thought like everyone was virgins. <laughs> <laughs> Not just in Timberlake. <laughs> I'm like, is this sexual? Right. <laughs> incredible. Incredible. Uh, but first, gals, how are we this week? Did we do anything foolish with our monies? Okay, I'm doing well this week. It's yes. been a very busy week, a productive week. I did drop another lump sum of money. <laughs> Look, you guys, by the time we finish this podcast, I'm going to be completely broke. We need these ads, y'all. We need we these. It's always like, I did really good. I only spent about 5K this week. <laughs> Literally. Um, so I finally am getting back to the gym, you guys. Ooh. So there we, go. we got a... I used to go to Equinox when I lived in Hollywood and we had that like little BuzzFeed discount there. Um, No longer is at my gym. I'm now at another gym in the Valley. Mm. And I signed up for a personal trainer for 16 sessions. So that was about $1,000, which isn't bad. That's not bad. That's actually like a really decent price for a personal trainer. For that long. Mm -hmm. Like I was like, okay, it feels worth it, but it definitely. It's a thousand dollars. It's a thousand dollars that I like wasn't necessarily like, you know, when they like tell you to come in for a consultation, you're like, oh, it's just a consultation. (laughs) You know, you're going to end up doing the thing, spending Mm -hmm. the money and doing the thing. But I feel good about it. Yeah. Oh, it's an investment in self. It's an investment in self. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. Yes, health and self. And a tax write-off. Yes. Oh. Is it? If you, yeah, it's health and wellness. Like, if it's a part of your business, that's a part of your brand. Oh. I also dropped a lump sum this week. Oh. Also in the range of, like, $1,000, around, like, 1100 because I finally bought my wedding dress. <gasps> I because I know you were having some issues I was, at first. I was having a lot of issues. Yeah. I would, like like place the the order it would get canceled i was like on the phone it just like wasn't working out but i was finally able to place the order that's amazing well congratulations eleven hundred dollars is not bad on a wedding dress it's not bad -mm. bad. i'm gonna need like a decent amount of alterations Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. um just because you know have ideas yeah oh um Yes. We love it. But so all in, I'm expecting it to be probably around like fifteen or sixteen hundred. So again, at the end of the day, really good price yeah. for something like this that'll kind of wind up looking like a custom gown, but it still is a lot of money. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't matter if it's a good deal. It's, it's still like, money. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. What about you, baby Dev? Oh, you know, things have been good. I think I've actually been pretty good about my money this Mm -hmm. week. Um, I will say I'm in like a work grind, what I like to call like a Crunchwrap Supreme (laughs) for work, right? Um, And when I'm in a Crunchwrap Supreme, I can't prepare my food. Like, Mm. so I end up spending a lot of money. Like the other day, y'all, I spent $24 on a salad and I had to go sit down after I saw the bill. It was a salad that I walked to (gasps) a place. It wasn't delivery. That wasn't even a delivery fee. There was no... No, ma'am. Oh. I know it's gotten real bad in Los Angeles. Don't look yeah. at him. He was like, "What?" Salad He's like, cost? "I gave up on an NBA team for you to buy $24." I was hungry. I needed my nutrition. <laughs> it's an investment in self. <laughs> I hate you. I cannot. All right. Well, my boyfriend, Patrick, is here today. And today is a very special episode for all of us, but mostly mostly for Patrick, because today I am allowing him to speak. And nay, nay, nay. In fact, I'm I'm encouraging him to speak about his obsession with crypto. This man has been studying the world of digital decentralized finance for nearly eight years. So he's no noob. You've been in it for a long time. Mm-hmm. He's also a producer for Web3 esports and gaming events across Hollywood. So mm. please welcome my man, Patrick Carroll. Welcome, Pat! I wish I could do one of these. Oh, oh like the whistle? No. I, I can't even snap. <laughs> Freddie, everyone on the podcast is just going to hear you breathing into the mic. <laughs> Fun fact, I cannot whistle, but... I saw a TikTok the other day that was like teaching people how to do that whistle, and I sat there for 20 minutes. <laughs> I still don't have it. Well, welcome, Pat. Thank yes. you. Yeah. It's, uh, it's exciting to be here. Most of the time when I talk about crypto, people run like screaming for the hills. So <laughs> it's nice to uh, to feel appreciated for uh, the nonsense that I know. Yes, We want to know. This is a safe space for crypto today. Yes. Mm-hmm. And because the thing is, it's like... I feel like we've all regarded it as nonsense besides you for the past eight years. Yeah. <laughs> like everyone's been like, oh, it's like this in Bitcoin, it's like whatever. But it's like, this bitch is here to stay. Yeah. I mean, people on both sides of it, the crypto haters and the crypto lovers, each have had times to feel smug about it. Mm. Um, the haters are feeling pretty smug today. I think yeah. we're down 6% since uh, I woke up this morning. Since so. we're recording this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> and probably June more 10th. by the time this comes out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I think depending on where the price is at, people feel uh, justified in either ignoring it or uh, diving in. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, speaking of feelings, Patrick, you have a you have a question for us. I do. Yeah. I, well, you know, everybody comes to crypto with their own relationship with it. Mm-hmm. So I'm just curious as a baseline, if you had to put your like thoughts and feelings on crypto <laughs> into three words, what would those words be? Boy, weird. <laughs> <laughs> and all is one word overly complicated when it doesn't need to be. Yeah. That's how mm-hmm. I feel. Mm-hmm. Um, I think mine would be, I'm just going to say the word futuristic. Mm-hmm. That's the word that I think of. Um, I think I feel annoyed about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Annoyed is a word that I think. Mm-hmm. And I think the the annoyance comes from the lack of knowledge, too. I think it's just, yeah, I think it's mm-hmm. like the gate. Right. Gatekeeping, word number three. Mm-hmm. So annoyed, gatekeeping, and futuristic. Futuristic. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, my three words are alternative, mm-hmm. 
and um, Patrick. <laughs> 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 All right, I, I love that. I'm, I'm here to bring the boy, the weird, and uh, and hopefully to reduce the gatekeeping. Yeah. Yes. Well, what are your three words? Yeah. Well, let's see. I would say uh, excited, oh. anxious, mm-hmm. and curious. Rich. Rich. <laughs> uh, <laughs> excited. Excited <laughs> to be rich. <laughs> well, we'll get to the rich part after the break. Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles? And a breakfast cutoff. Ba da ba ba ba. Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So, yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba da ba ba ba. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. At participating McDonald's. And we're back and we're here with just some guy, <laughs> a.k.a. my boyfriend, Patrick. Um, crypto genius extraordinaire in my mind. Overselling it, but thank you. <laughs> and you, when we left off, you asked us what three words were to describe our relationship with crypto. And you yourself said curious. So what you curious about? Well, I'm curious about all things crypto. It's a wild, wild west out there. Uh, but I'm also today curious about your relationship with crypto and what you guys know. Because I live in a bubble, right? I talk mm. to people about this all the time. Mm-hmm. So I overestimate how much people know Mm. and what people feel. Mm. So I had a couple of questions I wanted to ask you guys. I promise this won't all be a quiz show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) But But we love a game. We love love it. Fred is good at every game on this show. She She wins every single game (laughs) on this show. My taste today. (laughs) Tay Diggs. (laughs) I've seen though. You're even good at writing the games. Oh, thank you. Mm -hmm. I love a game. (laughs) Tay Diggs. It's all from Tay. It's all from Tay. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so we'll start off with the problem, which is how many people in the world, either by number or percentage, do you think own cryptocurrency? Oh, Ooh. I, I don't uh, know. Two percent? Two people. Two percent people. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna say ten. I'm gonna say ten percent. Because I know so little. I'm like, there's probably a ton of people who are just, you know, yeah. paying for everything with crypto. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I, both of those are pretty good guesses. They they track it at about 300 million people or about 3.9%. You didn't ask my answer. Mm. Oh, I, I thought you... I'm going to kick you out of this podcast. I thought you were going to look this up and cheat. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I did I look it up. Back. Okay. That's all right. We're going on to the next question. I'm over it. I'm over it. Yeah. I'm going to go off script. I'm going to ask some questions I know you don't know the answer to. Okay, okay. Do it, do it. <laughs> so there you go. Yeah, so two and, between 2 and 10% isn't isn't that far off. But they, they think it's about 3.9, but it's mm-hmm. crypto, so it's hard to track, yeah. right? Yeah. So maybe I'm just making this all up. Mm-hmm. Who knows? And then what about like Americans? How many Americans do you think either own crypto or more specifically, how many Americans do you think own Bitcoin? 
Ooh. I don't, I feel like it was like. Uh, it felt big. It felt very. It felt big. big but then I'm point. also like, is it like just a quote unquote handful of people who just like bought it all? So own mm. Bitcoin. I'm going to guess like, like 7%. <laughs> I'm going to say 3%. Okay. Okay. Dev. How many people actually own Bitcoin? I'm going to say, I'm not going to do a percent. Can I give you a number? Like a, like sure, a, yeah. I'm going to say, like, because I actually forgot the answer. <laughs> that doesn't surprise me. You and numbers don't always get along. Oh, <laughs> um, I'm going to say, like, uh, 100 million people. Wow. Own a Bitcoin. That'd be like a third of the U.S.? Uh, well, I don't know. <laughs> I give up. Does my tone give away that that might be a little bit? No, no. It, it's, once again, it's kind of in the middle there. So they mm. think it's about maybe 40 million Americans. Mm. So somewhere between kind of 20 and 30% of adults, wow, maybe closer to like wow. 22%. More than I thought. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. it's interesting to see your reactions to that because like the Super Bowl was inundated with like buy crypto ads yeah. with everybody. So I didn't watch 20- the Super Bowl. You know, I've seen those ads, but I guess I'm always shocked when I see them. And I'm like, oh, I guess this is the direction we're going as a society. Like, I just get really like like, judging about it. Commercial. Right. (laughs) It's supposed to be like low key. Isn't crypto supposed to be low key? Like, what are these alternatives? Yeah, it's supposed to be like underground. And then crypto.com arena. I was just about to say, in LA, it used to be Staples Center. We know Staples. It's a physical place we can go to to get really bad copies made. By printers and shit. Right. (laughs) And now it's crypto.com arena. What is that? What is Where are we? And it might be Spirit Halloween Arena soon if crypto doesn't turn around. I would be on board for Spirit Halloween Arena. (laughs) I would would be here for that. I'd be like, you know what? It's a a hallmark of Los Angeles, (laughs) I feel. Fun fact, I met the guy who was like brokering the deal for Staples Center to be called Crypto.com. Oh, my gosh. I know. Is he rich? Probably. Yeah, probably. Mm. Probably. Or he was rich. He he looked rich. He Mm. looked rich. Did he smell rich? You know, they have that smell. He talked rich. Ooh, yeah. Mm. You know what I mean? Context clues. But he he was really nice. I had a great time chatting with him. Good. Yeah. So next Anyways. <laughs> not all crypto bros are obnoxious to talk to. Hashtag not all crypto bros. Yeah. Oh, God, no, do not. Pat's <laughs> like, cut me out of this. I call on this podcast to promote my hashtag. Oh, God. <laughs> You're going to get me in trouble. All right. I have one last question for you. Yes. And this one really is just to entertain me. <laughs> Can you explain to me in like 10 seconds what the blockchain is? God, no. <laughs> I'm going to do it. I'm sure going to do can. a timer. Is this a collective 10 seconds? Oh, or we no, each get 10. Each? Okay. And we can't like piggyback. <laughs> Feel the vibe. Feel the vibe. Yeah. Okay. Collaborate. So who wants to go first? I'll go first. Okay. okay. Ready? I'm starting the clock in three, two, one. <laughs> a moment of silence for our friends. <laughs> thoughts. I'm going to say a database. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, that's done. <laughs> I'm going to say a database. Efficient. I love it. I'm going to say a database. Yeah. <laughs> that was good. That was what? Three words? <laughs> Sick. Cut and dry. All right, Chantel, your yeah. turn. And three, two, one. Uh, the blockchain is 
in fact, where... Uh, uh, and you're done. My- <laughs> <laughs> you ready? You can measure yeah. me. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. ready? Go, Deb, go. The blockchain is a chain of ones and zeros where they compete with each other with their ones and zeros. <laughs> and Done. at the end, okay. It's where numbers punch each other. <laughs> it's an underground number fighting ring. Yes. <laughs> oh my God. All right. Yeah. Wait. What is a blockchain? Yes. I mean, the Please. winner here is Fred. What? Oh, <laughs> she wins every game. <laughs> I give up. I rebel. I toss this table. Oh, Why? I literally, like, that's just the, I mean. And you even had a dramatic pause I built in. I, I was not going to say anything at all for the whole 10 seconds. She doesn't need 10 seconds. Just two seconds. Okay. I'm going to say a database say- is pretty darn close. Okay. It's really just a, a novel way to store information. It's just mm. a, a way to store a lot of ones and zeros. So there you go, Deb. We can get you some points there, yeah. too. Yeah. Where are mine? <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. I feel like I'm missing a few points. So is it is it like physical servers? Like what, who? Oh, no, it's a great question. So yeah, so the blockchain, the blockchain is uh, kind of to its namesake, a series of blocks which store information, whether it's transactions or any kind of info. And those are chained together chronologically to form the totality of the blockchain, which is then all of the information that's ever been saved there. And it doesn't exist on any one server. That's mm. one of the reasons to do this in the first place decentralized exactly yeah there are copies thousands of copies that exist with anybody who is participating in that particular blockchain whether it's bitcoin or ethereum or any of the others and that therefore if somebody were to come in and try to change a piece of information there everybody else's copy would say hold on no that's not right so Mm. unlike storing information like if you've been watching stranger things and they hack yeah. in and they change the grade mm-hmm. yeah because <laughs> that grade's only on one computer on, only on right. one server and so with the blockchain oh. there's not that vulnerability it's like when devin accidentally changed um <laughs> <laughs> how dare you <laughs> it's like a shared google doc where if one if everyone can make edits everyone mm-hmm. sees those edits mm-hmm. if you have access mm-hmm. to the Google Doc. Yeah. If everyone can edit it, then someone might erase <laughs> all of it and write their own stuff on top of it. How dare you? <laughs> Context, I did do that, but um, I caught it before we went live, so I spent like a good 10 minutes control Z. Because I didn't want to see Freddie's mad little face, because she makes mad little face. It scares me. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. it right there. Yeah. I just saw it. Is so- it- Okay, well, I, I, I like the blocks. Where's yeah. the block What's come in? What's the block? Is it why is it is a it, circle? Why is it, is it a triangle? Yeah, is is Patrick. it gigs? Is it terrible? Is it like a copy where I'm like, oh, I have like a PDF. Uh, you know, it's obviously not a PDF, but like, does it function? Yeah, so that a, way? a block you could think of it as like a hard drive with a certain amount of space, mm. right? So there's a certain amount of bytes that fit in a block, and there's mm. actually a whole argument over how blo- how big blocks should be. And then mm. once it fills up with everybody who's saving information to it. So like if I sold Freddie a Bitcoin and then Devin, you sold Chantel a Bitcoin, those transactions would each get recorded on whatever the active block was. And then once that block runs out of space for info, the 
mining system happens and, and basically the information in that block is confirmed as accurate and then it is stored forever in the chain. So that info on that block will never be changed again. So unlike like a Google Doc where somebody could come in and mess with it, that is permanently there. And the only thing that could change is new information in the next block that says, hey, now Chantel has sold that Bitcoin that she bought to somebody else. Mm. But it means that there's a transactional history of everything that's ever happened, mm. which is useful for tracking the movement of funds. There's even um, companies that are using it to track like the supply lines of their food chain. So if you have like an oh. E. coli outbreak in a supermarket, you know exactly which farm that spinach came from oh. because its entire history of where it went and how it changed hands is forever recorded in that blockchain. So where, so the block, is it just like copies of the same blocks that exist like with a bunch of different people? So there's only a, there's one blockchain okay. that everybody is universally like working on and agreeing to, right? Okay. And it's like a train car is all coupled together. Right. Only once you've added the next train car in the system, you can never go and like remove one from the middle of it. Right. So who's like, who's paying to host the block though? You know what? We're going to get into this <laughs> and so much more because he knows a lot. Is he riveting and cool? <laughs> I, mean, I, I belong to the Church of Patrick and I ain't ashamed to talk about it. When we come back, we're going to go deeper into your questions, Chantel. But okay. we're going to do that after, after the break. All right, y'all, we're back. We're so confused about the block. We're hopping into the nitty gritty of Devin changes Google Docs. She doesn't change Google Docs. Tay Diggs. So the line that I was reading is literally the line that Freddie wrote for like six our, episodes ago. Yes, yeah. The nitty gritty of full time employment. <laughs> okay. It's good to laugh. Okay, we're talking crypto and shit. Here's Pat. <laughs> <laughs> See, this is this is becoming more like most of my conversations about crypto. <laughs> People are like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is there another conversation at this party I can go uh, go have? <laughs> like my drink is not yes, strong right. enough for this. I'm gonna go get another drink. Yeah. yeah. Maybe if we had some drinks, this would all be clicking. You there know you what go. I mean? Yeah, yeah. Well, let me flip it around one more time and ask okay. do you guys have any personal experiences with crypto nfts have you ever bought crypto do you yeah miraculously i do <laughs> <laughs> you never know it from how confused i am about this fucking block but we're still lost on the block <laughs> i can't i can't get my head around this block i'm like where is the block can where is she <laughs> where is she where it's does like, she live in 10th grade chemistry i refuse to learn anything more because i didn't get significant figures <laughs> i don't get it and so when they were like okay it's time to move on to the next things in chemistry i was like absolutely not i'm still <laughs> i'm still in september Let's i'm still yeah, going reverse what are sig figs again <laughs> um yeah i mean me and my partner as a joke like we bought some dogecoin because we were like all right like whatever you know we'll we have like 
money that cool let's just like play with this little tidbit and see what happens dogecoin is obviously worth like nothing much like our breastfeed stocks somehow i have purchased cryptocurrency (laughs) (laughs) and i think i own an nft but by accident what? Because a concert <laughs> that I went to afterwards, I got an email that was like, here's your like exclusive NFT. And it was just like a portion. I think it was like a picture of like handwritten lyrics or something From like who? that. From who? From Gavin DeGraw. <laughs> Gavin DeGraw is giving. I don't want to be in it still hits. It's so on brand for the, the NFT that you own to be <laughs> Gavin DeGraw lyrics. <laughs> that feels great. It's like 20 seconds of one thing just like on a loop. I'm like, what do I, where do I put this? Where does it go? <laughs> yeah. Like, or some folder? Like, you'll never open it yet. Yeah, no one's like, going to want this. <laughs> <laughs> Gavin DeGraw's listening to this episode and his feelings are hurt. Yeah, you know what, Gavin? I mean, I love you. I went to this concert like a month ago. <laughs> <laughs> Fred, you own an NFT, right? I do, somehow, also. So basically, my boyfriend and I, Ruff, we uh, kind of went ha- actually, no, I bought the NFT, but he did all of the mm. he did all of the admin for it. The mm-hmm. admin. All the admin for it. And yeah. by admin, you know, he did the research, he got in the discourses, he tried to figure out, you know, what was coming up that could potentially be lucrative. Which one is it? Um, I think it's called like Sugar Babies or something. It's not <laughs> called it's like, I can't, it's something like that though. It's like a cute little name and they're cute little cartoons. Anyway, I don't think it was real. Wait, what do you mean? Oh, you got no. scammed? I think I got, I think we got scammed. Oh no! Because in the discourse, like the who's like the people who like own the artists, I guess who like own yeah. own, own the, the art the, or the project. The art. Yeah, the project because they hadn't released anything yet. The so we were founders. like getting in the founders. We were getting in. We were like, oh, we're getting in early. Like <laughs> they were, no! you know, it's not like releasing. And then like stuff happened they like got locked out of their account out of their wallet they like all of this stuff and then people in the in the chat were like is this real like people were starting to like get like feel away and feel angry and it just has been months and i (sighs) checked in i'm like hey so what's going on with our like sugar baby nfc and he's like i don't think it's real oh Oh, bit of jargon for you that's called getting rugged getting rugged rug out from under you yeah i'm sorry to hear that yeah, so so this also adds to my anger and irritation <laughs> about the whole situation. I'm like, how? I'm here. I am trying to do. We're do, we're we're doing research. We're trying to do due diligence. Yeah. We're trying to get in early. We're trying to. You just got to be. It's really just right place, right time. Who you know. That's just kind of what it feels like. Or buying a ticket or to <laughs> see Gavin and <laughs> <laughs> And it's in my, like, Ticketmaster account somewhere. You got the plug. Got the plug. But I do have, so then I do have, like, a digital wallet with that. I don't even know. So the money that I put, the money that I, that I contributed, it's in the digital wallet. So it's not lost. So it's not. Is it? If you you bought the NFT, you own the NFT. They can't take it away from you, but they can abandon the project, and that essentially makes the thing not worth anything. They were doing giveaways. Yeah. But I think it was like, I don't really remember. Uh, All I know is we don't have a real NFT, Mm. and we have nothing to sell. We have, and and now my money's just. Oh, no. It's in the block. It's just in the block. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) 
It's in a block somewhere. It's like how Boomer's talking about the, the yeah, cloud. Right. It's like in the cloud I'm like, somewhere. so are my pictures in the cloud? I didn't tell it to go to cloud. <laughs> it's just like the go-to term. Yes. 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 So let's get educational about it and Please. narrow it down to the big two. We can sit here and talk all day about the cute coins and um, sugar babies that are uh, actually scams. <laughs> but let's chat about Bitcoin and Ethereum. Mm-hmm. There you go. Yeah. So those are the the big two, if you will. Yeah. The ones that have uh, proven themselves not to be scams. Mm-hmm. The ones that have risen to the top. Um, Bitcoin and Ethereum. Have you heard of both of them? Yes. 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 Seen them on Weeble. <laughs> wow. A go-to source for all your crypto news. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so what's the difference? Well, Bitcoin's the first one, right? That's like the grandfather. Mm. It was the one that kind of showed up and proved to everybody that this blockchain technology could be used as a financial tool. So mm. people call it kind of like a digital gold because mm. it was there first. It's worth a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, basically just a currency, right? So some of the blockchains that have come later have added functionality, have different purposes. But Bitcoin is... There's only going to be a certain many, uh, there's only going to be 21 million of them ever in existence. Mm. And they are purely a currency system. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Then there's Ethereum, a newer kid on the block, but very established. And Ethereum isn't just a currency, it's also like a programming language. You can think of it almost as like um, an app store or most of what you hear about with like Web3 and building the new internet and mm-hmm. NFTs, that's all built on top of Ethereum. And there's some there's some key functional differences like uh, the the founder of Bitcoin, the creator of Bitcoin is this like uh, mysterious figure, Satoshi Nakamura. Nobody knows who he is. Oh. He, he has like a million Bitcoins with like $40 billion in a wallet, but they've never moved. They've never been touched. Is he dead? Is he real? What? I know. Mm-hmm. Crazy. Gotta unleash some white women on a murder true crime right. podcast and don't find that bitch. Literally. Don't find him. Get the Facebook groups on it. Right? <laughs> don't find him. Yep. They'll be like, he lives in. Right. <laughs> wow. So he just has. 40... He, or she. Or we she. Don't know. Or they. We don't or know. Satoshi. So, so this person essentially just invented a currency and then owns a lot of it because they invented it and they're just rich now. Or dead. Or dead. Or dead. Or not real. So introducing the Money Honey's cryptocurrency. <laughs> <laughs> I hereby declare it's worth $10,000 for one. <laughs> That's how it works, right? Just declare it. It's declare Michael Scott it. declaring bankruptcy. Yeah. <laughs> I declare. <laughs> Well, what about the Ethereum founder? Yeah, so Ethereum's interesting because the founder, uh, this guy Vitalik, is a public figure. You can tweet mm. at him. He was on Times cover. He's everywhere. He's very active on the internet, which leads to hilarious exchanges like Tom Brady telling him how influential he's been to him and him not knowing who Tom Brady is <laughs> and thinking he was Tom Cruise. That was a fun day on the internet. Yeah. Is he the one with Giselle? <laughs> is he uh, yeah what i love about that question is you asked it and you asked it honestly <laughs> yes he's or like a, yeah. i don't know if he still is okay okay we'll look but it yes. up yeah <laughs> but yes, yes so okay. why do they call bitcoin digital gold is it called that because you have to mine it don't you have to mine ethereum too like what's the i don't get it yeah the mining side of things i think is 
confusing for most people. Yeah. Because you hear about mining and you hear that it's bad for the environment. Right. And you hear maybe about these Bitcoin farms that people set up. And it's like, what are they doing? Right. Yeah. So the way new Bitcoin comes into existence is as a reward for miners who are validating the block, the blockchain. So to unpack that a little bit. Now, really quickly, <laughs> wait, wait, before we unpack the thing, we need to unpack another Miners. thing. Miners, digital mine, like who, like digital, hi-ho. or like real, hi-ho. like, like miners who are, define mining. <laughs> so in this case, mining, yeah, this, this isn't people with pickaxes, this isn't people under 18, this is people who are running uh, are using computers to basically crunch really complex uh, math problems. So mining is just like doing math. Yeah, having a computer do race to do math better than everybody else's computer. Oh, ah. why is it called mining? That's just just call it. I'm validating my computers. My computer's working <laughs> on it. <laughs> It's much catchier. <laughs> but yeah, so that's why you see people buying up all these graphics cards and throwing them into big warehouses near cheap energy because it takes a ton of energy to run that many graphics cards all day, every day. It generates a ton of heat. So people are trying to like vent fans and stuff. Oh. And it's that's where you get the criticisms that crypto is really bad for the for environment. The environment. Yes. Yes. When we went to Bitcoin Con, which we'll get to in a second, Patrick <laughs> oh and I went to Bitcoin Con. They were selling what looked like like public storage blocks, like shipping, huge container. shipping containers as like a way, this is the state of the art mining shipping container. And it was like, oh, this is just, if I saw this in the desert, I would think that you're cooking meth, but you're mm. cooking Bitcoin. You're it's just, just, you're it's just a computer house. It's just like, yeah, yeah, it's a computer house. I'm seeing you miming typing on <laughs> keyboards over yeah. there. No, it's very set and forget. You basically put them onto the network. You tell these graphics cards like, hey, you know, I'm using you to, I'm running a program that says I'm going to mine Bitcoin. And they are all competing to be the first ones to solve the hash rate and and validate the block. So essentially, this is how Bitcoin solves the problem of needing a trusted third party, right? Like your, your bank comes in and says, yeah, this was a legitimate transaction. Mm-hmm. So in the absence of that, to cut out the middleman, you need a somebody to say, yeah, this is accurate. So mm. the way they do it is... You incentivize people monetarily through rewarding them with Bitcoin mm. to turn their computers at these problems and validate that the information that is being written to each of these blocks is accurate. And because it's competitive, mm. the more power and the more computer power you can throw at it, the more lucrative it becomes. Excuse but me. also bad for the environment oh. because of the energy and all of that. Yeah, yeah, it takes the estimate. Everyone's like has their computers hooked up. I just, I do want people, I, I visualize people in a shipping container doing this. So I'm just going to keep imagining that, but I know that there there's no people in there. Picture the seven dwarves because we're doing mining. Yes. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Except yeah. they just push a button and then step out and for a little drink. Out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. But <laughs> Ethereum, you mine Ethereum too, right? You do, yeah. But there's an exciting new thing happening with Ethereum because it's a separate blockchain, right? It's its own thing. Mm -hmm. And Ethereum right now is in the process of switching over from proof of work mining Mm. to proof of stake, which doesn't require mining and uses 99% less energy. Mm. So the idea is that Ethereum by switching over solves the environmental criticisms of people who are upset with the impact of crypto. 
unpack- Interesting. I think we need to unpack proof of stake because even though you told me about it last night, I don't get it. <laughs> so proof of stake operates, um, for your experience with it, it'll operate more like getting paid a dividend, right? Mm. So if you have a certain amount of Ethereum, 32, you can set up a node and that basically just says, hey, the Ethereum I already have, I'm going to use as a validator for all the other blocks in existence as they come in. So proof of stake is saying everybody who's already participating in the system, someone will be randomly chosen to validate the new information. In fact, 128 people, I think, are chosen to validate each individual block. Randomly. So it's random instead of competitive. So there's no way to throw more computing power Mm. at it to gain an advantage. So there's no reason to run more and more and more graphics cards and eat up more and more and more energy. So do this is going to sound like such a dumb question. So it's like if if it moves to that and it's proof of stake, if you get chosen to validate, what is it that you have to do? So it's complicated. And and I'll actually say that I don't fully understand how proof of stake exactly works Mm. because some of it is still kind of being determined as they make this Mm. transition. But in some ways, it's just saying like you have a copy of the Google Doc open and whatever's being written, you're cross-checking with the other 127 people who were chosen for that block to say, Mm. hey, yeah, this is accurate. Oh, it's like a committee. Yeah, it's a it's a decentralized way of everybody saying, mm-hmm. oh, if so, if two people have it wrong, the mm-hmm. other 126 will be like, nope, we agree it's this. Mm-hmm. So it's just a way of again validating that at, that information is accurate, so that you don't end up with either a hack or mm-hmm. an incorrect piece of info. Now, do you, you sorry? So so with this particular setup, do they the 128? Do they each get paid, or is this like? volunteer because we're a part of this world this is our like duty mm-hmm. to like validate <laughs> yeah, like, what kind of work is like, involved yeah. in this yeah no it's so capitalism okay. uh, everyone is still being uh monetarily rewarded because the idea is that if you reward people to participate in mm-hmm. a way that makes things more secure that makes the whole thing work right like mm-hmm. if you if, if the monetary incentive is not to break the system but to make sure that it works properly mm. then you end up with the result you want mm-hmm. and people and, wanting to use the system yeah and buy more ethereum and so the nice thing is is that yeah if you've got well you need 32 ethereum which is like mm, close to sixty thousand dollars to set up your own node but there's pools where you can like work together with other people mm. but essentially you get paid to participate so think about it this way. When you swipe your Visa card, mm-hmm. right, for a transaction, Visa takes like, what, one and a half percent from that merchant, right? And Visa gets that for being the middleman. Mm-hmm. Well, now those transaction fees go to you because you're the one validating. You're the Visa in this mm-hmm. equation. So by being somebody who's helping the system work, mm-hmm. you're getting paid interest. Mm-hmm. All right. I mean, I'll do a little bit of work if I get paid. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even think you're doing the work. It's just your Ethereum is doing mm. the work, right? Your yeah, Ethereum essentially. Is doing the validating. Mm. Um, I love talking about ones and zeros. I do. But when we come back, I would like to talk about the people behind Bitcoin because I love people. Um, so we're going to do that after, after the, the break. break. And 
And the Money Honeys are back with Patrick. Let's jump into the idea of the types of people who gravitate towards Bitcoin versus Ethereum. Mm. Should oh, we yeah. talk about, should we talk, tell them about Bitcoin Con? We should tell them. The, the people of Bitcoin <laughs> we got up close and personal with <laughs> for a weekend in Miami. Well, Patrick's, one of Patrick's friends um, organized the event. And so he invited mm. us. Thank you, Nishu. Shout out. Um, and tell them, tell them about your first impressions about the folks at Bitcoin Con. <laughs> well, we had a wonderful time, but we were blessed. <clears throat> sorry. We were blessed because of my friend with a whale pass, um, which allowed us to be VIP and go backstage and get fed. Ooh. And it also meant that we were rubbing shoulders with people who ostensibly paid upwards of $20,000. <gasps> To get that treatment at Bitcoin Con, right? So that's a self-selecting group. Did they pay in Bitcoin? <clears throat> mm -hmm. mm. Yes, they did. So they had to give away their Bitcoin then, basically. Yeah. So who is paying that at Bitcoin Con? And it was a fascinating cross-section of people, right? Because now this Bitcoin has gone mainstream-ish, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And so you had, like, I saw three distinct groups. Yeah. You tell me if you saw anybody else mm -hmm. here. I saw, so it felt like a finance con, right? Because all you can do with Bitcoin is, like, Buy it, like buy it, hold it, tell other people to buy it. Maybe you can buy some goods with it. That's sort of coming, but mm -hmm. it's finance. Mm -hmm. So you have like the older guys and they're like 60s and 70s and like the full suits in the Miami heat treating this like this is a banking convention, right? Mm. Then you have like the Silicon Valley bros in like the polos and the shorts and flip flops and the really nice watch, <laughs> right? Which is like somewhere in the middle. And then you have the folks that, I have to assume are just like early adopters yeah. who got in because they were always on that like cutting edge. And so you've got dudes in full scale kimonos barefoot with their dog and dreadlocks. Whoa. Not kidding. There were so many Jesus types. Like they Whoa. would just walk in and be like, are you the richest person in this room? Right. And they might be. Whoa. Right. Because back in the day, people were swapping yeah. thousands of Bitcoins for a pizza. Yeah. Right. It was essentially free because everyone was like, oh, this is a cool idea, but it hadn't right. gained any traction. Yeah. So well, what's $20,000 in Bitcoin if you bought 20,000 Bitcoins back when they were back. free? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then there were like the hottie thotties of the Miami <laughs> Heat coming in in their like Hooter Girl outfits. <laughs> and I was like, you go. Like, wait, like my, I put my money behind you out of any of these people here. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, and then there was a music festival the last day. So then you had the music festival folks and like pasties and fishnets oh, and stuff yeah. rolling with that same crew. Beautiful cross section of South Beach, Miami. Wow. For our listeners at home, Pat. Can you tell people basically how much like one Bitcoin is worth so that we kind of understand what we're talking about when it's like this person has 20,000 and that's why he's rich and all that stuff? Absolutely. I'd love to ask you your best guess as to what Bitcoin <laughs> costs today. Hint, it went down. It went down. So okay. we're comparing it to the U.S. dollar, which yes. people in the space, I found out, call it fiat money. Fiat currency. Fiat currency is like U.S. dollar, euro. It's like old school. So we're comparing Bitcoin to fiat. Okay. When you do that, um, I know like at its high high point it was like fifty four thousand or something like that. So I'm gonna guess like thirty five thousand. Damn good guess. It was thirty five thousand not that long ago. Wow. As of this morning, it dipped under thirty k, and everyone's panicking. So, but still, one Bitcoin is worth yes. damn near $30,000. Yeah. 
Ethereum's more in the like 1650, 1700 range. By the time this podcast comes out, I'm sure it will be nowhere near that in one direction yeah. or the other. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. So that's why it's like if I have 20,000 Bitcoin, it's like 20,000 times, times. 30,000 is how much fiat mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you have. You could cash in for it. Yeah. You could cash in for it. Exactly. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we're talking big money, right? Yes. If you got in early, you made some pretty preposterous gains, yeah. right? And that was, you know, we've seen periods like that where it felt like anybody who threw any amount of money in was making, you were waking up and you were worth 25% more than you were the morning before. Mm-hmm. And that's when everybody starts buying in. Mm-hmm. And then in the down cycles, everybody starts bailing out. Yeah. Yeah. So. But like what you were saying at Bitcoin Con, it was all about like what you can do with it, which is limited. Now, Patrick and I haven't been to an Ethereum based con yet. I think you're going to go to one this summer. But that's going to that conference is going to feel more like what people can do with mm. Ethereum. It's going to feel like more like an Internet conference. There's Versus be kind of flaunting your wealth, flaunting or showing like you could buy this mining facility or you can right. pay for this tax program to hide mm. your money. You know, Shit. it's kind of <laughs> Kind of the difference between a finance convention meetup versus a software development meetup Mm. in some ways. And like anything, you know, humans are inherently tribalistic, right? There are people who are like Bitcoin maximalists. Like Mm. anything that's not a Bitcoin is a shit coin. Like literally that's what they call it. Let's talk about that. (laughs) So which one has the better vibes? Like, should we be team Ethereum? Should we be team Bitcoin? After this, I'm like anti-Bitcoin now. Yeah. Because I'm like, those bros. (laughs) (laughs) Let's be clear. There's bros. All over. Right, the demographics right, 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 right. skew a certain way. Right. But I will say that, okay, I'm biased. I'm an Ethereum maximalist, right? That's mm-hmm. predominantly where I invest because I'm really excited about Ethereum and the possibilities of like the new internet and applications. And I happen to actually like NFTs. Mm-hmm. So for me, I'm excited about everything that you can do with Ethereum. I'm excited about all the different uh, communities that it has managed to bring in. Some of the successful NFT projects mm-hmm. are representative for uh, women and minorities and, and all sorts mm-hmm. of communities that have found kind of a gathering point and celebrate art, blah, blah, blah. So that that's what gets me excited. So that's going to bleed into which I think is the better vibes. So mm-hmm. my vote is Ethereum's got the better vibes. It's more of the people, but you will find folks in both camps who are like, there are people on Ethereum side who are like, Bitcoin is pointless. Mm-hmm. It's going to zero. Mm-hmm. You'll find plenty of Bitcoin folks who are like, Anything that's not Bitcoin is shitcoin, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. They're all copycats. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I would hope, you know, rising tide lifts all boats, right? Mm-hmm. Anything that's doing legitimate work, anything that's not just a scam, that's taking people who are interested and who do their research and who dive in and then give, burning them and giving them a terrible experience and making them never want to come back. Mm-hmm. As long as you're not doing that, I'm excited for your altcoin your mm-hmm. project your yeah. whatever mm-hmm. so and and like if you had a bunch of bitcoin and then you decided you wanted to move everything over to ethereum you would just cash out all your bitcoin and then reinvest into ethereum like is that is that how you transfer if There's you decided of- like Sorry, there's plenty of exchanges that'll let you do straight from Bitcoin to Ethereum. Oh, nice. Yeah, or into any other number of things. That's mm-hmm. then the the financial institutions around this have all sprung up to make that really easy. What you will need is somebody who's a qualified tax expert to come in here and tell you like what's the best way to cash out. Yeah. Because the only thing I can tell you is like move to Portugal or 
El Salvador or somewhere else that doesn't tax it. Like a tax haven, <laughs> basically. Yeah, yeah. Because mm. it's, it's a big thing right now. Germany, once you own it for a year, no taxes. India, 30% oh. tax across the board, no matter what. 30%? Yeah. China, wow. technically banned it. Although... Mm. The biggest appetite for NFTs comes out of China. So, you know, of course it does. You know, would there be times in your life where you might want to get more aggressive with a project in Ethereum or buying Bitcoin? Okay. So, I'm going to put a caveat on the front end of this. Okay. Which is another piece of jargon, right? NFA, not financial advice. Yes. <laughs> I am not qualified to give financial advice. And it's hilarious how many people feel the need to stick that on anything they're saying on the internet, right? Buy this NFT, not financial advice. Yeah. <laughs> so just my opinion. Yeah, yeah. There's times where it might be more appealing to go for one over the other. Mm. Right now, with Ethereum 2.0 coming out later this summer, allegedly, right? As things move to proof of stake, you might look at that and go, hey, that's a really, that's maybe that's going to be this huge growth moment for Ethereum. Mm. Or, hey, I'm an environmentally conscious investor. Mm -hmm. I like that it's going proof of stake. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to dive in more there because it matches up with my principles. Mm -hmm. Also, if you want to buy an NFT, right? Something that it's real Legit. and exists. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not a sugar baby. <laughs> yeah. uh, you'll need, you can't do that. There's no NFTs on Bitcoin. It can't be. The, the way the project was set up that doesn't support that. Mm -hmm. There's others that do Solana and Polygon and this kind of thing. But like if you want to participate in any of the Ethereum projects, you need Ethereum to do so. Mm -hmm. So when you start thinking of it as not just an investment vehicle, but also like a utility token, then you might also be buying into Ethereum or Solana or Polygon or any of these other coins that exist out there well what about mm -hmm. the person who wants to maybe who what 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 kind of person would want to lean into bitcoin well i think people see bitcoin as the most secure of all of them right mm -hmm. at right now with inflation going bonkers the world economy taking a hit left right and center there's kind of that flight to safety right mm -hmm. so bitcoin is seen as the least risky of an incredibly risky asset class right like mm -hmm. if you if you can think of any crypto as not risky which <laughs> Come yeah. on now. Yeah. Bitcoin would be the one. Okay. It 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 has many people feel it is the most secure. Mm. And also this proof of stake could go wrong. Like Ethereum right. it it's being done by humans. It is fallible. They're mm -hmm. running it on test nests first, but there could be unforeseen consequences of it. There could be a mistake in the way the coding happens, mm -hmm. which does happen in crypto all the time. Mm. And so if that were to happen, it could cripple. Ethereum forever. Dun, dun, dun. We'll do a bit of fear mongering here at the end. Um, but if you'll indulge me, the one, what I said earlier, the reason you might want to be into Ethereum is mm -hmm. because NFTs and Web3. So, Fred, I know your experience with NFTs was kind of shit-tastic. Yeah. It's <laughs> a good word to describe it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you picked annoying early on, but yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go a step further. Uh -huh. But... I'm really excited about NFTs, and 80% of Americans don't even know what they are. Mm -hmm. So if you indulge me here at the end. We'll Go dive. off, babe. Go off. <laughs> well, you had an experience with it, right? The, the... I had an accidental experience with it. <laughs> you had an encounter. <laughs> yeah, yes. I had an encounter that I didn't know was going to happen, and I, I have it now. Mm -hmm. oh, good for you. Well, Thank you. Well, look at you. you. <laughs> what is an NFT? A non-fungible uh, token, yes, we know. But what does that mean? It's basically digital goods. 
Mm-hmm. Right. So we're we're all in the digital era, very accustomed to digital goods mm-hmm. in some form or another. Right. Like if you play video games, you have like a skin for your character mm-hmm. or uh, anything that you buy and you just have digitally. Right. Well, NFTs are a kind of a certificate of authenticity. Another way of using that um, the blockchain to mean you don't need a third party. So mm-hmm. you could sell tickets to your show as NFTs, and then you don't need Ticketmaster. Mm. People can just trade them back and forth within each other. Right. The whole point of like Web3, that whole buzzword, is really just the idea that the things that you create in the digital sphere and the things that you buy in the digital sphere should actually be yours. Mm. So instead of like Facebook owning all your data mm-hmm. and Twitter owning the tweets that you create and YouTube deigning to give you some ad dollars for the content that you give them, mm-hmm. you actually would own and be able to sell anything you hold. So like uh, mm-hmm. DVDs, right? When you mm-hmm. bought a DVD, if you were sick of that DVD or wanted to give it to a friend, you just hand it to them or mm-hmm. you sell it to somebody on Craigslist. Mm-hmm. Well, if you got a digital download of a movie and you decide you don't want to watch it anymore, mm-hmm. you just have it, right. right? There's nothing you can do with it. You can't send it to a friend. You yeah. can't. So the idea with NFTs is like, okay, well, if we make it a tangible item, mm. you can resell it. If you're done with that movie, you can sell it to somebody else or you can gift it to a friend. You can mm-hmm. send it and you don't need a third party to help you do that because you have it. Mm. Tell them the, the, the drama, the wow tea. Oh. <laughs> so the, the guy who founded Ethereum is mm-hmm. a very young guy and mm-hmm. was very young when he found it in the first place, like early 20s young. Mm. And he's been on record to say that like one of the first reasons he came to like how we should change digital ownership was because World of Warcraft – uh, introduced a change to one of their characters that like nerfed or made worse an item that he owned. And he was like, this is bullshit. We've got to do something about We've this. We've got to do something. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to change the whole freaking world <laughs> so that people can't take my digital assets and make them arbitrarily worse. Wow. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. Don't underestimate pissed off nerds. Yeah, he was passionate. <laughs> oh my gosh. My skin. <laughs> the helmet used to be black and now it's purple. Ew. Ew. I worked hard to earn this rating night in and night out. And now, but yeah. And people, wow. you know, there's been experiments in this before, like Second Life, you might have heard of. Yeah. And, Diablo had this where you could sell things like, oh, I've got this super dope sword. I'm going to go sell it to somebody for real money. Mm. It's actually how I funded my move out to L.A. in the first place. So Yeah, he sold stuff, video game assets on the black market. (laughs) (laughs) So you've been like real, real underground with what we now know is like cryptocurrency for a very long time. I've been interested in digital ownership. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, that's where our world is going. We spend all our time online. I mean, thank you, pandemic, Mm -hmm. for all of that. But uh, yeah, we we spend our time online. The things that we own are increasingly just purely digital. Right. Owning the physical copy of things is actually more of a hassle most days. Yeah. And so a lot of brands are experimenting with what that means. Music is doing it in a big way. Snoop's Mm -hmm. killing the NFT game. (laughs) (laughs) What are some other things that can be built off of or from NFTs? Like, what's the wildest thing you've ever heard of? I love that question. Uh, It's getting weirder and wilder by the day, right? I'm sure there's stuff coming out that I haven't even heard of. But um, I recently heard about a real estate company down in Miami that came up with like the 3D rendering of a mansion they wanted to build. Mm -hmm. And they sold that digital representation of the mansion as an nft with the promise whoever owns this gets the mansion when we're done building it 
So it's Whoa. like a so it's like it's just a different way to sell a home, basically. But they're like funding it by pre-selling it. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's both pre-funding like a Kickstarter yeah. venture capital kind of thing, and it's a way of changing how transfer of ownership works. Because if mm. they're halfway building that thing, and you're like, you know what, never mind, I don't want to live there anymore, mm -hmm. you'd sell the NFT, mm. and then whoever holds it gets the mansion when it's done. And so mm -hmm. instead of going down like to the property office and filing like change of ownership and all this sort of stuff, yeah. you just like boop, boop on your phone and send that mansion on over for X million dollars. Wow. And then you, then like once the mansion was built, then that's when you have to do the normal like property stuff and like filing it under your name and shit like that but yeah there's going to be this whole weird changeover yeah, thing where like yeah. there's blurry lines between everything right yeah yeah i've also seen um there's a famous tattoo artist in la who is so in demand that he was able to print or mint uh, a set of nfts that are essentially access passes to him if you don't have one you can't get an appointment and he's now coming up with designs drawing them out and then selling a one-of-one one digital copy. And uh, that copy, you bring in and gets you an appointment with him yeah. to tattoo that on your body. And that's the only time he'll ever do that tattoo. See, mm. I thought you were going to say that he has digital copies like as NFTs of his designs. And then if you sell it, another tattoo artist can just do it. Oh. Mm. But he's keeping it in the obvious. I mean, it would make more sense. If it's like, but I think it's it's more of like an exclusivity thing, mm -hmm. almost, yeah. like, which adds to the hype. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And that's what brands are doing, like Adidas and Balenciaga. Oh, the fashion brands who come swooping in. Because mm. everybody in the fashion world is willing to pay a little more for something that nobody else has, right? Yeah. Like, exclusivity has been a part of their game forever. Yeah. And fashion is one of those things that can cross over nicely. So everybody's heard of this buzzy metaverse stuff, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, you can own a pair of digital sneakers. Mm -hmm. that look fly as hell in the metaverse and then you can cash them in and get the real life version of those in real life and the funny thing is not everybody cashes in some people are like nah i'd prefer to just hold the digital version like i don't need to worry about taking care of that thing i'll just leave it and then if somebody down the road buys that nft then they can cash it in yeah mm. so fashion balenciaga adidas mm -hmm. car companies are getting in mclaren has one bugatti wow. If it's high end, somebody's running an NFT of it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I want a digital mansion and had to top Balenciaga. It feels it's it has been overly complicated. It yeah. has been been gatekept. There's so many just different. There's just so many pockets and lanes of, yes. of things to learn about cryptocurrency. Like there's yes. just always something new at yes. every turn. Blockchains. Yes. What was the thing you just said? Stakeholder. What is it? Uh, <laughs> proof of stake versus proof of... Proof of stake. Of a per proof well, of all of these... Uh, well, let me put it this way, right? stake, yes. You guys intuitively understand the internet, how mm -hmm. to navigate it. You're obviously very gifted at riding the trends and figuring out where everything's moving and knowing what's going on and how it all works, right? There's also a layer to the internet that you don't need to know how it works on the ones and zeros and like technological side, right? Mm -hmm. Well... Crypto is much the same, right? The best way to understand crypto is to just get involved. Mm. Similar with the internet. If you had to explain the internet to somebody and mm -hmm. they'd never used it, good luck. Yeah. yeah. Right? Explain what YouTube is or just go on YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. Play yeah. around. And so, yeah, yeah my, my advice on how to educate yourself is sure, you can go on Investopedia and read some articles and get a good sense of it, or you can listen to this podcast. <laughs> but 
diving in, trying it out with a little bit of money, mm-hmm. right? Because that's the obstacle. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It requires putting money at risk to to learn the lessons. Mm-hmm. But Well, I don't know about that because something that I've witnessed you do is really do – like Patrick is very cautious, very cautious, very cautious. <laughs> You're saying the research period for that investment has gone on too long? Yes. Um, <laughs> y'all need funny. to how tune into the YouTube clip to see what just happened. On a day to day. On a day to day? Yeah. Like, um, you guys have worked with her for years. Sure. No, she's, she just always. Okay, mm-hmm. but what she's, she's like, yes, and? and? This is why I didn't buy that NBA Big Three <laughs> NFT team, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, Got to yeah. keep some cash liquid for other investments. That's right. Other investments that live on a ring finger exactly. yeah. is what Devin is not subtly <laughs> hinting at. Patrick is very cautious, and I watched him for six weeks study an ecosystem of NFTs before he actually monetarily got into it. Mm. And I watched him do that by he was scouring Discord because a lot of all of this information exists on either Discord or where's the other... Twitter and Discord. Twitter and Discord. That's your gatekeepers. Yeah. That's it. So you have to, and that's really, uh, I think, intimidating for folks who maybe aren't in the video game space. Mm -hmm. Video games and Discord go hand in hand. Mm -hmm. So if you're familiar with that, great. You can just pop in on these Discords, listen to what people are saying. Basically chat chat rooms. Yeah. They're just chat rooms Mm -hmm. with with a voice chat feature and just Mm -hmm. a chat chat feature. Mm -hmm. And you can see, hey, I'm loving the vibes. I like what the founders of this project are saying, blah, Mm -hmm. blah, 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 blah. It's what Ruff was doing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But if you're like intimidated by Discord, it's harder to get into it. Mm -hmm. So Patrick, tell us a little bit about like some things that someone who might be intimidated buy all that where they can find info or intel sure well there's there are plenty of marketplaces that are looking to simplify the nft experience or Mm. legitimize it right uh the nba got into bed with dapper labs and created nba top shot which i would imagine there's people who have bought those trading cards essentially moments from the nba season of your favorite player without realizing that those are nfts because they just seem like digital trading cards. It's just mm-hmm. like opening a pack of, of sports cards. Tom Brady has one now called Autograph. Where you can go and buy digital autographs of your favorite athletes. Simone Biles is up there. Mm. Yeah, he's got a few stars. And so there are ways to, I mean, hell, Salesforce yesterday announced that they are launching an NFT platform to allow you to like sell your businesses NFTs. So there's going to be ways oh, wow. to... Uh, mm-hmm. To buy and interact with it. How do you... So th- there's so much info out there that needs to be gone through. How do you stay safe when deciding between things like Ethereum and Bitcoin? Sure. Yeah. I mean, both of those I would regard as a relatively safe investment. They're mm-hmm. not going to suddenly disappear overnight like some of these other mm-hmm. ship coin and stuff like They're that. They're like, might. quote unquote, real things now. Yeah. I mean, there was a squid game coin where somebody... <laughs> created it during the show and said you can never take your money out and people bought it anyway (gasps) and then they lost all their money so you know do your research into what you're buying for one but yeah it's it's scary out there i mean north korea literally has a government hacking force designed to go and steal people's monkey jpegs and cryptocurrency and that's what they're funding their nuclear program oh yeah yeah uh, north korea was like okay so you're going to sanction us and cut us off because we're 
spending money on nukes instead of feeding our people. Cool. Well, we'll form a government task force to hack crypto investors and take their money and use that to buy nukes. So NFTs, yeah. Crazy, right? I know. Here comes this is the fear mongering portion. <laughs> Freddie's little sugar babies. <laughs> I'm very traumatized by my sugar baby experience. Yeah. Yeah. What did you find? <laughs> <laughs> we Lord have mercy. Okay, so after putting the fear in y'all, let me now pull that back and say it's actually never been easier or safer to get involved with crypto. Hmm. There's a lot of different ways to buy it. You can buy it on Robinhood now. Venmo will let you buy it, mm -hmm. right? But there's the major kind of exchanges like Coinbase and Crypto.com that you probably heard of. Mm -hmm. That is a pretty safe and easy way to get in. You mm -hmm. go to one of those websites, you create an account. You connect your bank account, you transfer a bit of money, and you buy the uh, Ethereum or Bitcoin or whatever you want to get. Kind of mm -hmm. like a custodial account, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. So then there's known as custodial. It's like your bank account, right? Mm -hmm. They take care of it for you, mm -hmm. right? Which for most casual investors is probably the smart way to go, mm -hmm. right? They take care of most of it. They set up the account. You don't need to like remember this crazy key phrase to get in. You're not really in charge of your own security other than keeping your password and two-factor authentication safe like you are anywhere else on the internet. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now, most crypto diehards will tell you, okay, but then you don't really own your crypto, mm. right? Basically, you have an IOU for crypto from that exchange. Yeah, then it's basically just just kind of buying into a new banking system. Yeah. Exactly. Versus where the point was so that like you own your stuff, it's decentralized, there's no third party, yeah. it's 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 your shit. Yeah, they could decide someday that oh, never mind, we don't want to allow you to pull that out and you couldn't, right? Mm -hmm. And so most purists will say you should own you should own your own crypto. Mm -hmm. And so there's really easy ways. MetaMask or even Coinbase has a Coinbase wallet that is where you set up, I think Fred, you called it a folder. But it's, it's <laughs> <laughs> She's like my Google Drive. My floppy disk. Yeah, and that's and that's your wallet. Mm -hmm. And the only difference, the, the two key differences there is now you actually own your coins, right? Mm -hmm. You can send them, you can exchange them. No third party can go in there and change your details or, or access your stuff. Mm -hmm. um, but the onus of security now shifts a little bit more into your lap. Because mm -hmm. when you create a wallet, it'll tell you, hey, here's your 12 word phrase. Phrase, yeah. yes. I was mm -hmm. gonna bring that up. I'm like, oh, when like Ruff was setting up the account, I'm like, what even, what are these words? Mm -hmm. Like, what are these? You have to remember this entire phrase. He was like, if you forget a word from the phrase, I mean, they keep it really, they keep it really secure, which is good, but it's just like, you have to really pay it's attention. Intimidating. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's why Patrick chose, I love Devin more than life itself. <laughs> his phrase. Yeah. And we just got hacked by North yeah. Korea. No, there's a reason it's not a chosen phrase because people know that I love you more than life itself. Oh. No. <laughs> She's like, prove it. Yeah. Prove it, man. Proof of stake. Proof of stake over here, bitch. I see a I lot of the back of that hand on a day-to-day -day basis. Got it, got it. Yeah. But no, it spits out, it's like broccoli, toothpaste, aluminum, forklift, right? And yeah. you're like, oh, you got to jot that down. But yeah. you do, you got to jot that down. Because yeah. any yeah. money you stick in there, you lose your phrase. You wow. got to look. 
Yeah. And you're like, oh, no, was it broccoli aluminum or aluminum broccoli (laughs) and your host? And so it, you know, it's like writing down a password, which they tell you not to do. But in this case, that's what you should do. Yeah. And stash it somewhere safe. And then if you want to go even further, if you start to amass like real crypto wealth, Mm -hmm. right? Say Sugar Babies wasn't a rug and it (laughs) went to the moon and it was worth (laughs) $100,000. You'd want to invest in uh, what's known as a ledger. It's Mm -hmm. like a little USB stick. And basically, that's something you plug into your computer and you set up uh, a way to take what you own and pull it offline onto that USB known as cold storage. So Uh, that any bad actor on the internet can't get to it because you've taken it offline. Yep. Mm. So there's no nuke buying. Yeah. <laughs> with your Exactly. With your I love that that's the core takeaway yeah, from this. Yeah, yeah. The, like, like, not my sugar babies. Uh, no These are set in stone. <laughs> I'm here to tell people like crypto's great. You should NFTs are really interesting. They get a bad rap. And the takeaway is like everything you're doing is funny in North Korean nukes. Yeah. Alright, well. Whoops. <laughs> whoops. <laughs> but the takeaway should be it's never been easier. Yeah. You can buy crypto now in yeah. a lot of different ways and those yeah. custodial accounts are really safe Mm. coinbase probably isn't going anywhere (laughs) (laughs) probably isn't he great this is fantastic yes wow yes i am my mind is blown right but i want to know like what are some trusted resources that aren't just some randos advocating for their own project (laughs) Mm. that can help us with like more basics so I, I've always been a big fan of Investopedia. I don't know if you guys have tried that out, but it has articles and videos on like every investing mm. topic under the sun. That's how I learned options. Um, mm. And their stuff is very unbiased. And like every word that you don't know is hot linked to the page that explains it. It's Wikipedia. So yeah. nice. that's a good one for just understanding the basics. Mm-hmm. Beyond that... <laughs> It is kind of the wild, wild west, right? (laughs) Like financial news has caught on and they'll write articles, but they tend to write like it's either going to a million or it's going to zero, right? It's very Mm. hyperbolic. I actually think those are my three words to describe crypto. Wild, wild west. Yeah. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wild, wild west. So I'll say this. The best way to learn it is to get involved. Take a little bit of money, something that you can afford to consider Mm -hmm. tuition dollars. Mm Mm-hmm. And start, open a wallet, send money from one wallet to another, mm-hmm. you know, try and buy something with it. Just uh, that kind happens. of interaction is always going to be the best way to learn. Mm-hmm. Wow. Even wow. if those lessons aren't always fun. Sorry, yeah, Fred. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's tuition dollars. Yeah. You, you know, mm-hmm. it was, it was, um, it was play money, I guess, at the moment. I didn't right. know what I was doing. It still hurts and stings. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> but... <laughs> <laughs> another great resource that I would recommend is listening to another podcast called Crypto Island by PJ Vote. He just mm. has a really good take. He takes a very journalistic approach to crypto, very neutral, kind of bemused. Um, so just listen to that because it really talks about like the egos and people who are involved in mm. crypto, which, you know, when you're investing in anything, you're investing in people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like, where do you want to put your money? Mm-hmm. I'll leave you with this one too. If you're a hater and you just want to read about all the scams and all the reasons it's garbage and it's going away, uh, there's a website called web3isgoinggreat.com that tracks <laughs> all the nonsense. And even, even as somebody who like genuinely loves the space and is rooting for everybody, it's fascinating. Because mm. I mean, it's it's the murder podcast yeah. of Web3, right? Yeah. <laughs> 
Where did it all go wrong? Yes. Yeah. Patrick, where can people find you? Find me. Through me, but like. <laughs> she, he's like, it, at devdevnumnum. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Patrick's not very online. No. I, <laughs> well, I'm, he is, but just not, you, you don't post. I prefer social people media don't way. find me, I think. Okay. Well, you can't find Patrick. Yeah. <laughs> so he's Ed like, you need a 12 word passcode <laughs> to, to get my Instagram. Thank you so much for coming on my podcast. Yes, oh my gosh. Thank, oh my God, you. thank you. Long time listener, first time caller. <laughs> yes. And it's been a joy. Seriously. Uh, uh, this is great. It has been great. You killed it, Pat. Yeah. Oh, is this your job, first Pat. podcast episode? Too sweet. Uh, I had, you know how everybody in college kind of like launched a podcast? <laughs> Me and my best friend had a podcast called Dude, It's Thursday, where we just got drunk and shot the shit. I don't think we have any listeners. I think we remember to post it like half was, the time. That was the perfect preparation for this day. Yeah, that, yeah. that's my only practice, mm-hmm. yeah, for yeah. sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, thank you so much, everyone, and yeah. we'll see you next, next week. week. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>Hey there, ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster? Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you? Yeah, or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about? Well, get ready to feel that excitement all over again because Amazon Prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level. Absolutely. Prime isn't just about getting your packages quicker. It's about diving into a world of endless possibilities, from the latest releases to exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. And don't even get me started on the music. Prime offers concert specials that will transport you right to the front room. It's like being at the hottest gigs without leaving your living room. I use Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows from any and every genre of music. Trust me, Prime is a game changer. It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. So why wait? Head over to Amazon.com forward slash Prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before.